Hello everyone and welcome to my first podcast. Over the next few weeks we're going to be talking about some of the news surrounding the Georgia Bulldogs in this last month of play. Now, I know that a lot of Bulldog fans out there are getting a lot of sullen faces because we are in a game that we did not want to be in. However, I want to use this first podcast to reassure those same fans to let them know that we still have a shot and we are exactly where we wanted to be a couple months ago. Where we wanted to be is in a spot where we could control our own destiny and we are still in that spot. <clears throat> now a lot of fans are upset that this championship is going to be against Bama. See, I don't know what a lot of people expected. I don't know if some people thought that LSU was going to surprise them or that Auburn was going to come out of nowhere or maybe Jimbo Fisher was going to have a great season with Texas A&M and shock everybody. But let me tell you how I saw it. Now, in my eyes, this entire season, it wasn't going to be anybody but Bama, okay? This Alabama team is one of, if not the best, Alabama team I've ever seen in my life. Now, they do look unbeatable, yes. However, every team is beatable. There's no such thing as an unbeatable team, all right? Now, there's only one hole in this Bama team, which I'll go over in a different podcast, but what I'm going to go over right now is what we're going to need to do, which is eliminating strengths, because this Alabama team is so heavily fortified. We are going to need to knock down all, all these different legs, all these different supporting beams. We're going to need to knock down one by one, okay? It's not going to come all at once. We're not going to get lucky. If we beat this Bama team, it is going to be through, through power of will and strategy, all right? Now, I'm going to go over my first uh, advantage that I think UGA has by telling you what the most dangerous thing is on this Alabama team. The most lethal weapon that this Bama team has by far is their receiving core. This receiving core is absolutely insane. And it doesn't help that they have a quarterback that is constantly making these passes. Even when he's being, even when he's in the middle of a sack, you saw it against LSU, he was mid-sack and he threw a ball. And made a first down. That is insane that someone can even do that. And having receivers like these makes it even more dangerous. You have Jerry Judy, Jalen Waddell, Henry Ruggs III. These guys are by far the most dangerous three wide receivers on one team in the country. Okay, don't look at receiving yards. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the player leading receiving yards right now is a receiver for UMass or something. Those teams play nobodies, all right? Alabama plays real teams and they get real results with these receivers. Now, who's the best out of these three? Obviously, I believe it's Jared Judy. We have one thing that Bama does not have. Well, we have many things that Bama doesn't have. But we have this one thing that Bama does not have that will be able to shut down one receiver. And that is the best quarterback in the nation, DeAndre Baker. Now... DeAndre Baker has been phenomenal this season. And I know a lot of people won't believe that because you haven't been hearing his name very often. But that's the thing about cornerbacks. See, if you don't hear a cornerback's name a lot, that's how you know they're doing well. 
Because if you're not hearing his name a lot, you know that, that, that the, the other team's quarterback isn't even thinking of throwing to the receiver he's guarding because the corner has him on lockdown. And that is exactly what DeAndre has been doing the entire year. The beginning of the year, he had things to prove. Debo Samuel acted like he didn't even know who he was. DeAndre shut him down in Columbia. And I'm not talking about he just didn't get very very many yards. No. DeAndre got an interception off the man in the first few drives. That's insane. And if he can do that, if he can have that same performance against Alabama, it will be a game. I'm not saying we'll win, but I'm saying if he can do that, it will be a game. We will be able to shut down at least one of those Alabama wide receivers. He has the highest cornerback grade in the SEC. There is no one better in the SEC than this guy. Okay? Whoever he's on, two is not going to be able to throw two. Okay? I guarantee you. These guys, these three receivers, they're nice. All right? But they're not elite. Okay? They're not elite to the point where they can get past a corner like this. DeAndre Baker is the key to stopping this Alabama passing game. If we can stop this Alabama passing game, there's a lot we can work with with that. Now, obviously, there are other advantages that the Bulldogs will have in the SEC championship game. Whether it will lead to a win or whether it will lead to just a good game, whether that might mean a thriller in in the fourth quarter or overtime like it has been um, over the past few meetings with Alabama. Um, But I will go over... Uh, those strengths in in uh, in, our, in my next podcast, and y'all stay tuned and thanks for listening. Welcome back to the doghouse. Today we're going to be talking about the last component of this Georgia team we haven't discussed. You know we've gone over the special teams, we've gone over a little bit of this Georgia defense. I know, guys, defense wins championships. That's what everyone says. But let's face it, it's impossible to win if you don't have an offense. Sure, you can kick field goals all day, but someone's got to get you into that range. We have to have an offense, and we have to have a good one because this Bama defense is not going to fold easily. So, what do we got? Well, we have a lot of weapons, and I want to separate these weapons into two different categories that I call old-school Georgia and new-school Georgia. Now, in old-school Georgia... We have this classic running back duo that we do so well. Last year, it was Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle with a surprise running back, DeAndre Swift. This year, we have Elijah Holyfield as Nick Chubb. We got DeAndre Swift and Sony Michelle. We have Elijah Holyfield, our power running back that can shed blockers. DeAndre Swift, our fast running back that can juke and spin like no one's business. This running back duo worked almost perfectly last year it fooled Notre Dame it fooled Auburn the second time it even fooled Oklahoma in that Rose Bowl game many many times now that that Oklahoma defense was not the same as when we're playing now however this is a great system because as long as we keep alternating these running backs it's going to be very hard to defend against no matter who's on the other sideline. I don't care if it's Nick Saban. I don't care if it's Bill Belichick on the other sideline. You will have a very hard time defending alternating running backs that have a different skill set 
and that have different styles. So we get Elijah Holyfield in, we put him in, snap after snap after snap. Then we surprise him with DeAndre Swift. He gets some big yardage. We have done it against Florida. We did it against Kentucky. We even did it against Auburn. We put Elijah Holyfield in over and over and over again. Once we put DeAndre Swift in, they don't know what to do. This is how we're going to be explosive. And I've already said we need to be explosive if we want to win at all. If we want to get any points, we got to be explosive. That is going to be one of the ways we are explosive. Moving over to New School Georgia. We got a lot of new stuff that we don't usually have. All right. Now, first, I want to talk about our air offense, our air force over in Athens. Now, of course, we got a good quarterback. Can't deny Jake Fromm is a great quarterback. He's consistent. Not that consistent, though. When you make him feel uncomfortable, he can wobble a little bit. He doesn't play too well when you make him feel uncomfortable, but it's very hard to make this kid uncomfortable. There are two kinds of pressure. There's good pressure, there's bad pressure. Bad pressure is hostile pressure, like we had last year in Jordan Hare, and like we had this year in Death Valley. You could see it in the way that Jake Fromm was playing, that he was uncomfortable. That was bad pressure. Moving over to good pressure, you could see it last year in the SEC Championship game against Auburn. There was a lot of pressure in that game. We needed to win it. We didn't have any other choice. Same as this game. Our team thrived under that pressure. It was great pressure. I think that if that same thing can happen with Jake Fromm in this championship game, then he has the potential to thrive. Now, we also have Justin Fields behind Jake Fromm. I have no doubt that Chaney is going to put this guy in for at least several snaps in each half. I know this guy has been saving Justin Fields, and I think that this game and the postseason is the reason that he's been saving him so long. He's a secret weapon. I will go in more into that in another podcast, but today I am talking about the air control on our offense. So moving over to receivers, we have many talented receivers. The only thing is they're really samey, so, if Alabama can defend one guy, they could probably defend the other. But the good news is we have a lot of great receivers. So, whoever put Alabama puts their best guy on, we have a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three that can get more targets and that can get touchdowns. Same thing happened in the national championship last year. Uh, Miko Hardeman got a lot more touchdowns than we expected him to in that game. That's because everyone was focusing on Javon Wims. Everyone was focused on Terry Godwin. They weren't covering Miko Hardeman. That's why he got so many catches. That's why he got both, all of our touchdowns in that game. Now, we have Terry Godwin, as I already discussed. This guy is fantastic if you can get him an accurate throw. This guy has glue on his hands all the time, he can catch things that you would not expect anyone to catch. That's where his superpower comes into play. Then we have Miko Hardman, a very fast receiver. He's this guy you want to throw screens to, maybe do a jet sweep, maybe a wildcat. Who knows? We can use him however we want to. We also have wide receivers that don't see the light of day very much, like Akil Crumpton, short guy, but very, very fast. We also have Demetrius Robinson, 
who has not seen the field very much this season. I know I believe he's injured right now, but I don't think it's that major. I don't think he'll be playing the last two games of the season, but I have a very good feeling that it's not a very big injury. I think uh, Kirby Smart would disclose that. So I do think that he'll be playing for this SEC championship game, and I do think that he will be able to be put in for some surprise plays if Chaney feels the need to do so. We also have... A last wide receiver, but certainly not least, uh, Riley Ridley, the younger brother of the Alabama player and first-round draft pick, Calvin Ridley. This kid might not be his brother, but he's certainly something. He lives up to his name. I'll say that. And again, he's not his brother, but he's very fast. He's very swift. He knows how to run his routes, and that's what makes him such a dangerous receiver. You put all these weapons are Air, our air offense is our new school Georgia. Running, it's our old school Georgia. I think putting both of these together, we can do a lot of great and explosive things against this Alabama defense. I will go into more about secret weapons in my next podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Welcome back to the Doghouse. Today we're going to be going over the last segment of our first episode of SEC Championship. And today I want to talk about the most important component that the Bulldogs have going into this championship game. I know I waited a little bit to make this last segment because I wanted to watch two games that were very important to what I'm about to say. They were very important uh, to see and make sure that this last component is actually going to come to play in the national championship game. Now, this last component that I'm talking about is not only the most important for us, but it's the most dangerous for Alabama. I mean, obviously those games go hand in hand. This last component is secret weapons. This isn't this isn't an unfamiliar thing for any dog fans because they saw it last year in the national championship game, except it wasn't on our side of the field. It was on the other side. Alabama pulled out to attack of Iowa in the second half and wrecked shop in the second half of the football game. Now, there's a reason that he did so well. I mean, he's a fantastic quarterback, don't get me wrong. But he, at the time, he wasn't super different from Jalen Hurts. The reason that it worked so well is because the dogs hadn't not thought of the fact that Saban might do that. I mean, it's Nick Saban. He could do anything. It's not that Kirby Smart and the dogs hadn't thought of that. It's that they couldn't really prepare for it very much. They didn't have very much film on the guy in question. I mean, Tua had played, but he had only played in games that Bama had been up about 20-plus points over the other team. Uh, Nick Saban had put him in only when he didn't really care, you know? I mean, once you put up your backup quarterback, you know the game's all going downhill from there. And that was the case with Tua. I mean, because he hadn't used him so much, the Bulldogs didn't have much film on him. So it's not that they hadn't thought of preparing for him, it's that they couldn't prepare much for him. So why is this a good thing? Well, this is a good thing because Georgia has one thing this year, actually more than one thing, they have two things this year that they didn't have last year. And those two things are secret weapons. Now, our first one, obviously, is, is Justin Fields. I mean, every, every, everyone's seen Justin Fields play, maybe not as much as, as some fans would like, but, but everyone's, everyone's seen him play in a few games. 
Now, the reason that I needed to see one of these games is because he had only been playing in games that we had been put ahead for the most part. So Justin Fields had only been playing in games so far where Georgia was way ahead of the other team. However, that changed in the UMass game. In the UMass game in Athens, that changed because Justin Fields got a lot more playing time than he did in the other games. And not only that, but the playing time that he did get, he thrived in. He wasn't just your Wildcat quarterback everybody's been talking about. His passing statistics were crazy. This guy had two to three passing touchdowns, and they were dimes. In one play, he had to Demetrius Robinson, about 40-plus yards. Demetrius didn't catch it, but that was not Justin's fault. Justin made a very accurate throw, and my point is, is that in that game, he had multiple passes that were above 25 yards. They were 25-yard-plus passes, and they were super accurate. And that's very important going into this game because it doesn't just establish him as a Wildcat quarterback. So if we put him in, Bama doesn't know what we're going to do with him. They don't know if he's going to pass the ball. They don't know if he's going to run it. They don't know if he's going to just hand it off to someone. They don't know because they haven't seen him enough. But we have seen him enough to know that he's dangerous, which is good. He has been seen enough to know that he's dangerous, but not enough to be able to predict what he's going to do. And that is what makes Justin Fields so dangerous. But not only him... Also, someone I was talking about just a second ago, Demetrius Robinson, wide receiver transfer from Cal. This guy is very strange. The reason he he didn't get much success at Cal is because he's not a fantastic receiver, but he's very, very fast. And that's why he's had some success at Georgia. This guy is not a great receiver, but he's a very fast receiver. So when, when we're talking about catching the ball and running routes, he's not the best. But he can outrun the guy, which is very good for deep passes, and it's very good for plays like a jet sweep or a wildcat play where you need the wide receiver to run straight from behind the line of scrimmage. These two things, Justin Fields and Demetrius Robinson, are going to be very, very powerful in this SEC championship game. And that, if, if I'm right, that will be the nail in the coffin if Georgia can pull this off. Thank you guys for listening, and I will have more episodes to come. They won't be on the SEC Championship game, but uh, they will be on more games to come if, if Georgia does uh, see success after this SEC Championship game or if they're playing in a bowl game. If they don't, uh, we'll see what happens, but uh, I, I will make more podcasts to come, and thank you guys for listening.